Oh, no. We're starting here? Okay. From the very beginning, I've always made a statement. Not everyone appreciated that. That's unfortunate. But I wasn't for everyone. Speaking of statements, here's one. That necklace is the reason I'm dead. But I'm getting ahead of myself. From an early age, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. Look. Well, that's not the pattern. You have to follow the pattern as a way of doing things. That's ugly. Including my mother. That's cruel. Names are Stella, not Cruella. <gasps> it wasn't her I was challenging. It was the world. Before podcast, where my husband and I discuss the movie we watched the night before. We usually show up at a brewery or a tea shop or coffee shop somewhere. Um, but today, we are at a special place. We are at the Safety Harbor Resort and Spa. We are kind of hanging out here just for the day. We've been here a couple hours. We've been here a couple hours. We're poolside. Hanging by the pool. We are poolside. It's summertime. And um, the current degrees temperature is hot. It's like 100 degrees. Might as well be. Almost. And um, we. No, you know what? I think we need to change our intro a bit because we always say at a brewery or a coffee shop. But lately. We could really be anywhere. We've been everywhere. (laughs) We've been at spas. Last time we were at our porch. Yeah. Front porch. Then we were at. You know, before that, we were at Casadega Spiritualist Camp. So it started out that we would pop up at a brewery or We local seem camp. like pretty interesting people. I mean, but now it's, we basically do it anywhere we go the next day after we watch a movie. So um, Yeah, we go somewhere. Today, and I'll admit, we don't, I mean, I guess it's being honest. I mean, we don't plan it, but I mean, we definitely try to plan to be kind of fun places. And then we say, oh, this will be really cool to podcast from. Yeah. Like right now we're sitting outside beside, I'm going to call it the secret pool. The secret pool. We found um, a quieter pool. Safety Harbor, Florida, Spa and Resort. So Safety Harbor Resort and Spa in Florida. With microphones. In Safety Harbor, Florida is, it's a pretty famous resort and spa. It's beautiful. Um, It is on the bay and Mm -hmm. it is. um, Safety Harbor is near Tampa Bay, Clearwater, St. Petersburg. Well, for the po- folks who don't know. But we went to the first pool earlier, and so they, it was a madhouse. So they have a literally. leisure. It's called the leisure pool. Yes. Oh, and I didn't know that. Okay. That's what it's called. And it's it's packed. There wasn't a spot anywhere to sit. It's technically kind of open to the public one way or another. Kind of. I don't you, think that's right. You can easily wander into the pool. you're supposed to be staying here. But. Yeah. But then throughout the spa area, which we did, we do have... We have day passes. We have a spa day pass. And... Um, so you can use the spa amenities, like the jacuzzi. Yeah, the, like all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. It's so, a great, 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 great secret kind of thing if you're in this area. Well, so secret pool they have, they have this the separate pack. area that's like a lap pool. Yes. And it's just a long, narrow, rectangular pool. For, it's meant for be practicing your laps, exercising. Mm-hmm. But really, this is just where all the spa folks hang out. There's like 10 of us here. And they're versus much more the like 50 people or 60 people that were at the leisure the pool. the people that are at the leisure pool. No one's swimming laps. And no one's getting to know each other because there's too many people. Well, here people are. Yeah, here We've they chatted are. up with everybody. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we chat up with everybody so and then we, we get back to our beach recliners and whip out our microphones like it's common like it's practice. Normal to have a microphone. And now we're just speaking into microphones in front of people for the night before podcast. So we usually talk about our drink. Now we well, secretly. Well, well, they're in a spa. So yeah, two pro tips for the, two pro tips for the Safety Harbor Spa Resort. Number one, get the spa day pass, go to the, the lap pool. A little more secluded, mm-hmm. private party, VIP status. And there's no bar out here, but even then if you no are bar. at the leisure pool, you're going to get so a pack your $12 bar. drink. 
that's weak. Mm-hmm. So weak. So. But this is kind of a common theme for us at this point of us kind of making our own homemade cocktails. Yeah. We did it in Casadega. We did it on our front porch, and now we're doing it. We here did at the spa. So we brought our. Um, it's this. It's pretty much the same drink that we've been drinking these last few weeks, but we've upped the ante. We added our own vodka to our cut water. Cut water? They're, I call them cutthroats, and but they're cut water. And we added a lime juice and cement. Yeah, we brought some fresh mint from the garden, Last a neighbor's night, garden. I, I added some ginger, which was amazing. And we got and we didn't um, do that today. some lime juice. We just brought a cooler, some cut, some cut waters, um, which is just vodka and grapefruit in a can. And then we added more vodka. We brought some extra vodka, wino style, in a Zephyr Hills water bottle. <laughs> That's what winos do. Because and unless you want to spend, you know, 50 to $80 on drinks, sitting out by the pool, nobody wants to But we also knew we'd that. be poolside. And we just brought our, like, um, Kind of know, like a Yeti They're not their Yetis or your Tervis tumblers, but somewhere in that ballpark. Happy yeah. marriage. We did that, and we've just been hanging out at the pool, been reading some books, getting mm-hmm. some sun, swimming some laps. What are you reading? I'm reading a book called, um, by John Brandon called A Million Heavens. It's just about... Um, it looks interesting. by McSweeney's Press. It's, it's about a um, young boy who's in a coma and everybody kind of holding a visual outside of that hospital. Okay. I'm in the middle of a couple of different books. I'm reading the spiritual bu- spiritualist book about... Casadega. Check out the Casadega episode number I'm 10. I'm starting to read a short story book that I bought a long time ago called The Heaven Anim- of Animals by David James Passant. Short stories. And I am reading Grown and Flown because I have a lot of teens growing yeah, up. Yeah, it's about dealing house. with teenagers. And that's it. Helpful those advice. Three, I'm kind of intermingling those three. So this episode. Is it, we're also going to do something special for this episode. It's a two, um, we're talking two movies, but in one episode. So we're at the spa. Um, in a little bit, we're going to pack things up at the spa and head into downtown Safety Harbor proper. It's, mm-hmm. The spa is in downtown, so it's walking distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're gonna but we're going to get her off the pool. We're going to maybe take a shower. Yeah, because we can take showers at the spa. We can. We're going to pull up a stool somewhere and probably get a cold, uh, a cold craft Beer. beverage. And talk our second movie. So we're going to do it like... So we did two movies yesterday. Two locations, one spot. was yeah. a treat. Mm-hmm. Really was. It's a treat when we can watch... We actually watched three pool movies, but we're going to talk about two. Yeah. So we kind of say, oh, we don't ever get to watch many, but the track record is, yeah, yeah, we do. We have. Because we did The Killing of Two Lovers, The Some Kind of Heaven, and The um, Woman in the Window triple feature two-part episode. Um, but this one we're going to talk Cruella. We saw that in the theater yesterday. We took our kids, all four. Everybody, um, a small financial um, investment in movies. But we went to the matinee. It's never cheap. So it was half the price. <laughs> it's still expensive, but yes. Still expensive. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> take out a Six second mor- going to the take movie. Take out a second mortgage <laughs> to go to the movie. It's like a fancy dinner. <laughs> um, and then we came home and we watched um, the Miranda July film. Cajillionaire. Cajillionaire. So we're going to talk about Cruella, and then we're going to talk about Cajillionaire. Yeah. Today. We're doing Cruella here, and then we're going to pause. You won't notice much, but we're going to pause it, and then clean ourselves up a bit, and go to the brewery, and talk Cajillionaire. So let's jump in. But uh, funny, we didn't mean to. This it wasn't planned, but we're kind of talking two heist movies. Yes. You know. Well, actually. You know what? It's funny. Criminal mastermind heist movies back True. to back. True. That. That's a similarity. Cruella and Kajena. Do you are know what else is a similarity between them? What? The mommy issues. Oh, they both are about. Yeah. Well, they're like mother they both daughter. They have mommy issues. Mother daughter or just daughter parents issues. Yeah. Daughter parent, daughter mommy too. It's all about. They're yeah. both about parent abandonment and feeling loved Neglect. and accepted. Neglect. Tender tender feelings, to quote Gajillionaire. Because mommy and daughter relationships are tough. This is the mommy-daughter mommy daughter issue. It really is. And we didn't intend it to be that, but it, it is what it is. No, and we I came had home. not mentioned that to you. It's funny. I was thinking, like, hey, hey, obviously I picked up on the the 
the child parent issues in both films, especially Kajillionaire. But um, I was thinking, oh, that's funny. These are both kind of crime heist movies as well. But they're also both mom, mommy-daughter, mommy-parent issue movies as well. That's right. Big time. So they're actually a match made in heaven. That's even true. though even no one would just, ever put those two movies together. We just came together. home from the theater. We had decided we knew a spa day in Safety Harbor, Florida was on a horizon. So we said, you know what? A fun well, day. Saturday Let's just fun kick day. it easy. Let's rest and relax. We'll just eat some leftover foods and we'll watch a movie. And it was, oh, hey, Kajillionaire is on HBO Max right now. Let's watch Kajillionaire. Because it's been on our radar for a while. It's been on our radar. Yeah. We haven't seen any other uh, Miranda July films, which we'll talk about her later. Um, she has a certain style, quirky, artistic mm-hmm. movie style, which you can see Kajillionaire. But it's also which been on our radar. We, I mean, I love that style. You like that style. I do. I like I it, too. It. I love it. But it kind of come on our radar, too, because of Richard Jenkins. Who was in that other movie we saw recently, um, The Last Shift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About race relations and he kind of a small town working. In that movie, and he was wonderful in this movie too. He Even is. We'll we're talk not about, talking about it we'll yet. Talk, I mean, it seems to be like Cruella, we're not even thinking about. Cajillionaire is all that's on our mind. Cajillionaire is definitely top on my mind, but I'm thinking about Cruella. Do you want Do you want to switch it? Well, we're, no, we're supposed to be talking about. Okay, so um, let's talk about Cruella. First. We're already halfway into our halfway time and we haven't even talked okay, about Okay, so Corella let's yet. talk about Corella. Corella, we took the kids. I, what, one thing I loved as a mom, I loved about the movie was that I could take my 8-year-old and my 17-year-old and they were both interested. Although I think my 17 and 14-year-olds mm-hmm. liked it more than the 8-year-old. The no, the 8-year-old's response was I kind of liked it and I kind of didn't like it. I think it was might maybe response. a little bit too intense for him, too much, too much, mm-hmm. you know, for the 8-year-old to really like absorb and understand, at least our 8-year-old, but all 8-year-olds are different. We say that and we think about our last movie, Stand by Me. And one thing we didn't talk about Stand by Me in our last episode which is a crossover with the greatest movies of all time podcast. Yes, that episode. was fun. It was a that kind was of so spectacular fun. episode. Check it out if you didn't see it. Um we didn't talk about this with Stand By Me, but I do miss that sort of darker, Cruella is a dark movie, like Very aesthetically, dark. but also tonally. But I miss that dark element in children's films or n- not, not the Cruella. the last really dark children's film. In modern film. film, you don't see much dark and edginess like we used to. Like in the 80s, think about it. Legend, um, The NeverEnding Story. Goonies. I mean, Goonies, the central plot of Goonies is they're on this adventure because all of their houses are being foreclosed well, and the, they're being moved out of their land by um, like a corporate yeah. bank no, no, takeover. No, no, no. That you didn't see like real realistic problems. And I think it might have hit too, clo- too close to too real for an eight-year-old. But the, I know, but back then there was a seriousness... A, a, a layer of reality in a lot of films that appeal to adults and children yeah. back then that seems to be missing a bit more in modern young adult cinema. But was present maybe in Coraline? That was Cor- a little bit in Coraline. It was scary. But, yeah, it wasn't but, necessarily real. But that's also not a huge mainstream film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where like... You know, even watching our trailers, this right? Was. You see like G.I. Joe movies and Marvel movies Emotional. and even like Jungle yeah. Cruise. Like you see all these films and they're like, oh, this is just, this is just spectacle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This Where Cruella. Emotional and real. Had some deep, dark stuff in it. I mean, this could have been, if they pushed a little harder, this could have been an R-rated film. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, and I think he was a little, like, perplexed by it. But I think that, but my point is, I think but that's, that's okay. good. Yeah, it's I a think, good thing. I We're not we like, oh, up, we shouldn't have taken him. Again, just... we grew up in a world where a, a horse, um, you know, a main character's only friend and companion is a horse, and it drowns in a swamp. I know. Because it is simply sad. So, the first. Right? Yeah. And in, in, in jumping <laughs> to the first aspect of this movie, which I kind of glanced at, the eight-year-old and was like, I keep calling him the eight-year-old. His name's Ira. Yeah. Um, I keep glancing at him. Is the like, 
the girl's Corella, her mom just is pushed off a cliff and, and falls to her death right That's in very, front like, of her. opening of the movie, yeah. And it's, and that's the opening. It's towards the beginning of the movie. And it's like, uh, that was traumatic and sad yeah. and terrible. It wasn't, you know, cookie-coated or anything. It was just very awful. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think that scene was as harsh for young kids. I as, did. as later in the film. I did. I was Where they're burning down... The, a house, the apartment, um, with Corella and all them in it. Oh, yeah, that was... I thought that was a lot. That was the only part where I was like, ooh, this is a little treacherous. Really? That was the only part? I thought there was a lot of parts. No, I mean, I thought there were minor things, but that was the only thing of like, ooh, this would be hard to swallow as an eight-year-old. But again, but then I flashed back to my own childhood. Well, of course. And I no, said... I, again, we I weren't saw, like trying to shield him from it because we feel movies like that. Well, that's what I mean. I think it's, like the, I watched it's The NeverEnding Story, it's six years old. We have conversations about real things with him and I think those it's help. not. So that's my okay. first point about Cruella. My thing is like props to Disney for taking a pretty, I have no, no hate against 101 Dalmatians. No. In fact, I kind of, I have. I like get more now. Well, I have positive memories of the cartoon. I never saw the Glenn Close live-action movie. I don't think I did either. Um, but the original cartoon, I had pleasant memories of it. It's still that kind of older-style animation from Disney, pre-Lion King and Aladdin era, right? Mm -hmm. It's a little more, like, dirty or dingy mm -hmm. animation style. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, but, I saw the animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of rough-around-the-edges yes. animation. Yes, yes, yes. Than I saw that. what they have now, or what they went into in the 90s. But when I first heard about like Cruella being a movie and Emma Stone starring in it, I was like, this is going to be terrible. This is going to be dumb. Well, I didn't because I, A, I think Emma Stone is great and most mm -hmm. of the stuff she does. And B, um, 101 Dalmatians is long enough ago. Like, none of our kids remember seeing it. Mm hmm. Ever. Well, though they all were like, but all of them were like, well, where's the 101 Dalmatians? Yeah, but they were, but they, and we explained that it was a prequel, but they were there, but they weren't because they had really never seen 101 That's Dalmatians. true, too. That's true, too. We kind of had to explain that Corella was part of 101 That's the Dalmatians. thing about the movie, since it hasn't ever and been. I think that's a strength of the movie, that they, it's been long enough. I agree. It's kind of like a distant memory. You know, even young kids know the concept of 101 Dalmatians. But they don't fully understand it. They don't understand. I mean, but I even vaguely remember 101 so Dalmatians. going into Corella is like a brand new movie. It. You know, it's Yeah, my, my one thought was almost like, I mean, I know you got to sell movie tickets and a, a film that cost over $100 million to make. You got to have something to get people there. But one of my thoughts was like, this, did, this didn't even have to be a 101 Dalmatians movie. No. Like, it didn't have it to didn't be Cruella. To be it could be named something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then the draw, you get some of that background of who this person is, even though I don't so even have even a... you get more money for 101 Dalmatians because people are going to go back and watch 101 Dalmatians after it. That might be true, too. But, like, it. I don't even have an idea of... I mean, I have an idea of who Corilla DeVille is, just a bad villain mm -hmm. woman, mm -hmm. old woman, but I, that's it. But I think, I think you're right. I think the distance of time and, and the fogginess of memory... But just the a loose association with the property of 101 Dalmatians and the character of Cruella DeVille is enough. Like, even this, I'm like, oh, that's her, that's her car. Like, when they eventually showed, yeah, like, yeah. the DeVille. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, that's funny. But, um, yeah, this is a lot better than I thought it would be. I thought it was really good. I hate Disney movies. I'll be honest with you. you In hate, general. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't enjoy I them. hate Disney movies. But I, since... I mean, I'm be honest with you. Since my 17-year-old said he wanted to see it, and there are not many opportunities for me to like rein him in and see it with the younger kids, I was like, "Let's do this," you know, mm -hmm. "Let's do this in the movie theater all together," because I wanted to take advantage of his enthusiasm about Corella. What had? Um, and it's something we could take our eight-year-old to, so mm -hmm. I did. But I wasn't fully excited about it. But I loved. Emma Stone played the character 
phenomenal. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. I was great. I mean, I want to say, I I do want to say, acknowledge she was really good. Really good. But I was thinking with the thought. You're only really good? She was really good. (laughs) But Emma Stone is always good, but she's always a bit Emma Stone, right? Yeah. And I felt she was really good in this. I don't know if I would go as far as phenomenal. I I felt this. I felt this. That's my point. I think this character and this role fit her personality and acting style. Mm -hmm. Like where I don't think she was phenomenal in the fact of like, oh my gosh, Emma Stone transformed herself into Cruella Deville. Oh, yeah, her personality. I feel she finally found the role that fit her style perfectly. Mm -hmm. So it fit her perfectly. So that's what I mean. She was really good. I don't think my only point is again, it's not a diss on Emma Stone. I don't think she had to stretch far to get there. But it was nice how she played Stella and Cruella, like the different characters. Estelle or whatever, Estella? Estella or whatever. She really transformed those two characters throughout the movie. No, she did. She did a good job of the split personalities, but it was a little funny. It's sort of like the Superman Clark Kent Mm -hmm. scenario where it's like nobody recognizes her as Cruella. Right, right, right. (laughs) She's pretty recognizable. (laughs) I mean, she wasn't that unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was funny. Again, it's nothing to distract you from the movie, but it's it's Clark Kent and Superman in the old Superman movies where no one recognizes um, Clark Kent when he's wearing his glasses. Yeah, yeah. But I thought it was a little I mean, a couple points. I feel like... um, with Cruella, I feel like for me, the mother-daughter relationship was huge in that, seeing that I'm a woman and a daughter, um, that difficulty of this mother-daughter relationship was so poignant and so, like, real. Now, it was extreme, mm-hmm. but there was relatable aspects to it. You know, just these, well, even her, even with her first, like, what we come to find out as her adoptive mother. Well, it's funny. The movie's told in three parts. It's told in her as a very young child. It's told as her as kind of a teenager. Um, And then her as a. So with the adoptive mother, I I, I loved that, you know, back and forth, that relationship, because. Corella is so kind of an unlikable kid and she causes so many problems, but the mom is just willing to, you know, pick up, keep going, whatever, because you do what you have to do for your kids, right? Mm -hmm. And you don't know at that point that it's not her real daughter, but she is raising it like her real daughter. And I loved that relationship. I don't know who that actress was, but I really liked her. She had a really likable character. Um, but then with the Cruella and the... The Baroness. Baroness. It's such a, it's such a just mother-daughter, like, toxicity. Yeah. Well, it's funny you say toxicity. Mm. I was watching this. I'm like, man, toxicity in the workplace. Like, you know, like, what it's kind of like modern lens of yeah. just, like, bosses treating workers. True. I know it's supposed to be over the top and on that, but it was a little, like... Oh, talking about as like a boss and boss and employees employee. and like toxic yeah, yeah, work yeah. environments. You hear so much in the news now. Um, no, but I think to your point, unlike Kajillionaire, where that's the obvious point of the film is talking about kind of dependency. That's not the point on of parents the film. and and siblings and or children. I mean, and um, those relationships. Whole... This movie had a nice. If you wanted to dig into that. Not if you there. wanted to dig into it, her whole emotional, of course, well, the motivation, mental, her whole mental stability mm-hmm. was based on her understanding who killed her mom, and then that's not who killed her mom. Yeah, yeah. And, you know that this was like she was engulfed in this. Well, no, that's which what is I mean. why she's become well, Cruella. This movie that we've talked about it with others, it it balances various agendas well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it says, okay, speaking of young viewers mm-hmm. who aren't going to give it deeper thought, it juggles, okay, it's kind of a quirky movie with some comedy. You know, the two gr- grifters that she ends up living with. It's a with. new word I learned. Yeah, you didn't know grifters were. <laughs> the two grifters she lives with, they're both funny and comical. 
Mm-hmm. Especially the more heavier set guy. It's kind of like the guys on Home Alone or something. Yeah, the, the wet Reminiscent bandits of that. who keep coming back. Yeah. Which the robbers are also in the 101 Dalmatians animation movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 within the van. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah. Yeah. So they're funny. So you have, you're balancing that. You're balancing these sort of various planned heists throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. It was a heist so movie. So you get they these were... sort of, get the plan and execute it, Ocean's Eleven style thing. Mm-hmm. And that works well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also have this just the, the, it's really an origin story of Cruella. How does Cruella DeVille become Cruella DeVille? Yes. And it's you find definitely that out an origin by story. the end of the it's movie. It's a prequel. Yeah, it's just sort of like an origin. You know, you see all this. Uh, the movie we saw in the trailer was Snake Eyes from G.I. Joe. How does Snake Eyes become Snake Eyes? Um, it's, they even call it Snake Eyes G.I. Joe Origins, right? Mm-hmm. So they balance that origin story of Cruella DeVille, which kind of feeds into the movie-making style of And they also balance this wonderful, movies. like, fashion aspect, if you're into that part of it. Well, they, they, they put like, it all through the lens of, amazing, of fashion and sort of... Really amazing if you're into the fashion aspect of things. Like yeah, that's the wind. If, if you get some great. mic noise, we're we're, seeing, we're at the pool. That's the wind blowing. We're in Florida. <laughs> um, but so you also yeah you get it through like a, an aesthetic fashion of fashion designers versus kind of the world of fashion, the dying kind of stale fashion of the 1970s, mm-hmm. right? And with Cruella Deville bringing in the more punk Modern, rock, punk rock, punk rock stuff because they even put which I thought was cool. Again, what's what's cool about this movie? I mean, you might not know this. There's like a, I think it's like a Iggy and the Stooges, Iggy Pop and the Stooges song, mm-hmm. like put right oh, into the I middle of it. I love the soundtrack. I want to be your dog. In general, I love the soundtrack. Yeah, but there's of like the punk rock sprinkled yeah. through it. One of the characters is sort of a, um, um, is a David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust inspired character, mm-hmm. whom who runs the kind of fan fashion boutique shop. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. Um, and yeah. even even to the point where he has like the exact same hair as Ziggy Stardust and like the lightning bolt on the side of his eye, mm-hmm. um, as well. So you have that sprinkled in, which is a good another balance. I love balance. that um, constant where her keep coming into his shop. And yeah, yeah. He keep, you know, just they're kind of intrigued by each other and become friends and. It's just this like reoccurring, repetitive constant throughout the movie. Yes, I mean, which I like that's a, a little long. Even though there was an older couple right next to me in the movie theater, which is fun. You're in a movie theater, you get other people's reactions instead of it just at home. Um, a couple that was probably in their 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. The wife really seemed to enjoy it. Husband's response: too long. Okay, and I can attest to that. I thought... Two hours and 14 minutes. When she walked away from the fountain... Yeah, there's a recurring theme where she goes to the fountain in London. Um, towards the last like, two-hour mark. And she talks to her mom. She walks away from the fountain talking to her mom and... Um, like her de- like the spirit everything. of her mom. Like it's kind of her like spot. I thought they could have ended it there. Now, I enjoyed the last 15, 20 minutes... But that was the wrapping up loose ends. It the seemed re- like it could have ended there. You oh, know, it could have definitely ended there for sure. I thought it was slightly too long. I, I do honestly. But that's that tra- was my only like. I felt that was a little bit of the trappings of modern movie storytelling the movie. in these sort of superhero. Like this does follow mm-hmm. a superhero movie template. Yeah, yeah. And now it has to do well. Now Cruella has to fully become Cruella Deville, and get her revenge. Right. Instead of like imagining what was to happen, mm-hmm. they had to like show us what how everything happened and, yeah, and they kind of spell everything out. I did really think at the two hour mark, two hour and five minute maybe mark when she was at the fountain and kind of walked away, it seemed like a great ending there. Internally, and that's the the other layer that balances this movie well, like to your point. It's a really good story about coming to terms about who you are, the role of a mother and loving a person even though there's things that you're upset about because mm-hmm. that's the fountain that that's when she's talking about her mother about issues she has with her her mother but then she also accepts and identifies her love for a mother figure um and you're like oh the movie is the character has come full circle the character right. has right, right, right. cruella has gone to a new level She's kind of come right, to because peace. Her, her going into the Estella to Cruella is just like her battle between yeah. like figuring it out. She can be her, herself yeah. now. But then it's like, and we have some business to take care of for the younger people 
in the who audience who need something, or not even younger people, just people who just want something more surface level. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I want that high. So the last 15 invention. minutes is the surface level. Like we're going to wrap this up for you in a neat little package. Yeah. It's those, uh, there's elements of it. And again, there's very common similarities between like parent issues and figuring out who you are. There's, there's never magic and wizardry in it, obviously, no, there's not. but there's certain elements, especially in that last 15 minutes where I'm like, am I watching a Harry Potter movie? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, like, am I watching like it's, so dark and cloudy in the middle of nowhere yeah. on some cliff next to an right. ocean. It's like, is this? That, those are the only parts that felt like I was sitting at Hogsworth. Hogsworth. Yeah. It? I think if they would have ended it at the two-hour mark, it would have been better for a lot of people. Although you're right, the youth It would have been better for people like us. Yeah, but I think the but mass the public wouldn't have been happy. The mass public wants things wrapped up in a package. But it was a nice bookend at the same time. It was a nice bookend to the beginning of the film, which is also my least favorite part of the film. Like you, like the ending for you, the beginning set up a lot of the similar things to that same location, that um, fancy, um, that fancy resort area, castle place. Yeah. And I was, didn't enjoy that either. It just felt fake and artificial. Um, but it was all CGI anyway, you could tell. Mm-hmm. But no, but I think overall, I was super surprised by Cruella. I think it's a super great role for Emma Stone. I think it's a super role for Emma Stone. And I, think I loved it's the one um, criminal guy I thought was great. Both of them were. The chubby guy Both was good. Both of them good. were good, but I like the Andy guy more. Yeah, we're at the pool. We can't really he do our research. Really like, <laughs> we can't control the noise. No, we can't do our research. Look up. We can't do our research, but um, there is some people getting excited no, in fine. the pool. Um, but the Andy guy was really good i thought his character how it he was protective over her but not there was never like a love relationship which was well, there's no artificial art romance in, yeah. in, in, inflicted in this film which, I which think was good. great because always an artificial well, like romance said, i went to all the other in. stuff there's too much other stuff going on to put that in there yeah um but no i want to wrap this up so we can get on to kajillionaire yeah, 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 and get yeah, to our next go. location in safety harbor but um I would say I think we definitely recommend it. Definitely. And it's not, it's a movie for all ages. Mm-hmm. It really is. It's a movie for like I said we take we went, we liked it. We took our 8-year-old, we took our 14-year-old, we took our 17-year-old. Everybody liked it. 8-year-old probably the least, maybe. Mm-hmm. But it skews older than you. But it was a sure. good it skews a bit older. But um, we recommend it for sure. All right, cool. We're going to pause it. We're going to lay by the pool a little bit longer. And then when we find our spot this evening, we'll, we'll share our, our, our opinions on Kajillionaire. Yes. All right. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Okay. Uh, thank you or whatever. Um, here. This should cover that. Unless you bought it in bulk. I don't know. You don't pay for it. You're jonesing. <laughs> what? You're addicted to them. My cousin Timothy, when he was trying to kick pills, he would be fine, and then he would have this sudden wave of needing them really bad. Well, I think this is a little different because they're my parents. In what sense? What? In what sense are they your parents? What's an example? We split everything three ways. We have since I was little. What do you spend yours on? Your third. We we, we go in on everything equally. Actually, that's another example. That makes two things. We're back. Oh, we're back? We're back. And now we are at... It's a couple hours later. Couple hours. We went and got pizza. Took showers. At the spa. Question about the showers. Did you wear your flip-flops in the shower? No, or? I wow. did not. It's wow. very clean in there. It is clean. It's, it's kind of bougie. Well, it's like, is this dorm room shower or is this spa shower? It's spa, spa shower. shower. Yeah. yeah, for sure. It was nice. So. You no, know, we cleaned up. We walked around. We got some pizza. Pizza Gregario, a, a favorite place of ours. But now we are pulled up. It's a little louder than the pool. 
It is, yes. We are at Troubled Waters, Waters Brewery. Brewery. In Safety Harbor. 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 Tampa. It's more of a, like, small hole-in-the-wall brewery. It is more of a dive bar brewery. I mean, it's not a complete dive bar, but it's closer to us. It's like you're also sitting in the middle of the brewery itself. Yes, definitely. But we like this this. No, we like the spot a lot. I mean, I, like... We've been yeah, coming here go for a couple years now. And you look, and, and it looks a little dive bar and a little rundown. But in this case... Th- those are not negatives. No, no. We like it. We it's like a little it. loud. Like, we're sitting, literally, our nose, our, our, each of our noses. We're in the brewery. Are, we're in the, they are brewing beer. Couple yeah, feet from they're us. not a place that has those big, huge, like, brewery. No, the smaller ones. Containers, yeah. student stainless steel silo things. These are much smaller. But they're, they're like, Within a stone's throw and of us. I would say it's more of a local place than the other breweries. Yeah, it's like the next step beyond, like, Buddy's Brewing in their garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got a, a small little spot. Just it's, step up. Um, yeah, it's something else. It's good. So none of those are negatives, but it's also, it's a small spot, and it's it's kind of loud. Small. Like we're loud. little. Our noses are literally. But we like it. Sometimes we like it that way, you know? No, we do like it's, it. And by, it's fun. And as the sun goes down into the evening, it's yeah. it's good. Mm-hmm. But no, what I've been saying is like we're so close to one another. Our noses are literally or almost literally touching. They are. We're that close talking to one another. I could touch your nose right now. Uh, with my nose. And yet if I, I, I can barely hear you. True. Yeah. That's true. So that's fun. So if we're speaking, I feel like I'm... And we're having going. a drink. I am having a mango habanero, and it's from the Troubled Waters Brewery. It's a pale ale. You like and that? It's delicious. I've had it before, and um, I'm drinking a, the, a mixture of 23 flavors. Um, it's in a can, though. It's not on draft. Right. So called a Dr Pepper. A Dr Pepper from the um, gas station next door. Because someone, someone has to drive. Eventually. Well, I just felt we we've had a beer. <laughs> We, we are had one round at Troubled Waters before podcasting. Um, you're on okay. drink number two, and I just, I'm in that in-between phase, and I was like, let me just grab a, a DP. DP's going to do them well. Yeah. The, call the doctor. But. So. So that's where we're at. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire. Let's do it. Oh, there was something. It's funny. You know when you have your shower thoughts? I had some thought about Cruella that I wanted to say. I love shower that. <laughs> in the shower at the spa to bring up on the on the kajillionaire. About Cruella or about yeah, kajillionaire? Yeah, no, about Cruella. Because we talked so much about kajillionaire during the... We didn't talk that much about we it, did. but I'm we did a little we, bit. More than we anticipated. On the Cruella side of this episode, uh-huh. I was like, oh, I'll bring some Cruella stuff in on the kajillionaire what side. What is your Cruella stuff? But sadly, I've kind of forgotten that thought. Okay. But <laughs> Let's move on then. <laughs> so that's annoying. But I might bring it back by the end of the episode. Okay. Okay. But anyway, I'll, I guess the, the, the big takeaway is I was still thinking about Cruella after our conversation. That's awesome. It's something. I like it. So, Killed Kajillionaire. Kajillionaire is a movie we've had on our watch list for a little while now, and I have been not 100% excited to see it. Me neither. Me neither. It seemed like just a like heist movie. Well, not even that, just like quirky, quirky eccentric heist movie. Quirky eccentric movie. But we did it last night. We watched the movie last night. No, we just night. said, let's do it. We did it. And I'm so happy we did because I loved this movie. Wow. Like, really loved this movie. Wow. I cannot say enough about it, honestly. You can't say what? I can't say enough. <laughs> I'm sorry, because it's so loud. <laughs> I cannot. Like People are excited tonight. Yeah. About um, Kajillionaire, probably. I cannot say enough about this movie. It's funny you say that. It's really one of the best movies I've seen in a while, wow. honestly. No, I can tell you that. I, can I tell loved you this. it. The first half of Kajillionaire really wasn't feeling it. 
I felt the first time. I was in right away. I felt the first half was a little too, a little too much. It reminded me. Too quirky. Quirky for the sake of being quirky or eccentric for the sake of being eccentric. Like, and I'm all for things like that, typically. But the, the first half, it felt a bit trying too hard because it is a story about, a, for those who don't know, Richard Jenkins, Deborah Winger. Yes, I didn't even know that was Deborah Winger yeah. until... I mean, I went through the whole movie and didn't know that was Deborah Winger. And I love Deborah Winger. Like, yeah, they're the mother and father of um, Evan Rachel Wood. And I didn't know that was her either. I know. Everybody except Richard Jenkins looks... Looks different than they typically yeah. would. You might not know that's them. Yeah. But they're a family of grifters. There's that word again. Grifters, yeah. Google it. That I learned. But basically, they just scam and scheme all day, every day to earn enough money to um, get by. And that's the first half really focuses on just that aspect of their life. They're not paying their bills. They're in debt. Yeah. And that's what I meant about some of it being too quirky. Yeah, some of their emotions and whatnot are like overly quirky. Yeah, the Evan Rachel Wood character does these like weird spastic movements when she's like robbing the post office P.O. boxes. She's so quirky, but as you get to know the movie, you're like, but of course she's that quirky because she is unsocialized. Yeah, and you learn that as you go. You know, she is completely unsocialized. From life, so what would you expect someone to be? Well, it's kind of like parents who raise you in a like bomb shelter or something, right? Like yeah. you're locked off from society, even though they're members of society and interact with society. She's raised by her two parents, and now she's in her twenties to um, function outside of reality of society and not do what people do. Right. Like, not get into the materialism and their business the nine-to-five working... Normal teenage stuff yeah. or young people things. Yeah, like that's, we learned later in the film, she's, like, 26 years old. Yeah. The character. But no, so the first, half, the, the first half doesn't go into that too deeply. It's there, but it's focusing more on their various schemes and their rent troubles. Yeah. And it's, like I said, it's the part that... They live right next to a bubble factory. What that makes, is that factory making? It's like yeah, the sign on the on the thing says Bubbles Inc. Right, and they live in this office building next, connected to the bubble factory. It's like an abandoned office building. Yeah, but on certain times in the day, bubbles bleed into the walls of their apartment. Pink, pink bubbles bleed into the wall. And, and they, they know when this is going to happen so they get buckets and they are there to clean it up. And it's a three-person job and they just have their piece to get all the bubbles. And it's with an understanding of the, the landlord that they'll clean the bu- bubbles out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And again, as you get deeper in the film, yes, you can get into this whole thing about the bubbles symbolizing the like the the emotional eruption and tension that is brewing say in the daughter the family like you know they're trying to contain this thing yeah and they can't, you could dig in that but so the daughter's get, name is Oldolio Oldolio which is really eccentric and she is from the get go is just miserable. But she's kind of robotically miserable, you know, in a sense. Like, she's just doing what she does. Yeah, it's hard for her to speak. Like, it's even labored to speak. Like, not physically. Like, even when people talk to her, you can tell she just can't even muster up things to say, her own thoughts. So she's kind of been living this life within her parents' lives of what they want her to do and what she's doing and she's stealing and it's it's just not this so from the get-go it becomes from the very beginning it really becomes a mother like her awakening of like 
whoa, maybe I was never nurtured or maybe well, that, I was never. That's what I mean. That stuff comes definitely in the second half of the film. Second half, they maybe. They hint at things. But like, like the first half, that's what I meant. It just sets up all these things. The bubble factory, the owner of the bubble factory can't hold back his emotions and he's overly emotional right he is yeah and he cries at anything right they take advantage of that and again as you see the movie you see oh he's the direct opposite of, of them of this family who bottle all their emotions who don't let any emotion out um they, the mother even says to the daughter Odolio at one point you don't know you don't know what tender feelings are right yeah. And the bubble guy, he's only has tender feelings. So, so I see, you see all the things she was, the director Miranda July and Ryder is doing. But just that first half, it almost seems like a silly movie. It seems overly quirky. Yeah, like for the sake of being quirky. Mm -hmm. Like, oh. It does. But. But I'll get with you as it moves into the second half. I started liking it more and more. Yeah, because um, at one point she goes to this class, or I, I don't know if that's the first sign of it, but eventually she starts thinking about how maybe she wasn't nurtured by her mother. And well, she realized when she what goes. What is normal? And you know, she's like questioning all these things as people do. So she goes to this class for someone who's going to pay her $20 to take this like parenting class that she's legally obligated yeah, to it's take. Like, it's called positive parenting. Mm -hmm. It's for expectant mothers. Um, so she does it. And instead but somebody of just, doesn't want to go. So she goes for somebody else and they pay her $20 to go. Instead of just getting the signature and leaving, she ends up having to stay and she watches this video that's very like kind of traumatizing to her of like the infant being born and crawling up the mother's chest and being next to the breast and whatnot. And this like instinctive behavior of infants. And she's wondering, did I do this? Is or did my mother do this to me Did my mother do this? Did my mother let me crawl up her chest? Or, or was, was I, I put on the cot? Yeah. You know, was I just taken away and put on the cot? And does this have anything to do with the reason why basically she's feeling very like unloved or just, you know, unattached mm -hmm. from her parents? Yeah. Basically. No, right. you, the movie, as the movie unravels, you learn that's what it's yeah, about. Yeah, and her yeah. very, but you do have to get past um, Evan Rachel Woods or Old Dolio, the character, who we even learned later, which is kind of funny, that her parents named her Old Dolio after a homeless bum that won the lottery. And they named her, when she was born, Old Dolio, hoping that the homeless millionaire now, when he died because he had cancer, would give them. Would give her the money because they gave their child her name. It was like another, even her birth, she learns, was another scheme by the parents. So even the parents, like everything in her life feels like, like everything the parents do is a scheme to get money. Well, it's motivated, like, it's funny, like in Cruella, and no, this was not my shower thought. Stay tuned. In Cruella, they keep the, there's the running gag of the one the one character keeps saying like, "What's the angle, right? right, right, right What's right. our angle here? What's our angle?" And everything in her life in Kajillionaire, through her parents' eyes, has always been an angle. There's always been an angle. Yeah. No relationships are genuine. It's all Nothing about is about scheming. feelings or family and I thought it was especially touching when they she was on the phone in the middle of the night and they had won a um, trip to New York yeah, or whatnot like three, three all tickets to New York all expense paid because of some sweepstakes or whatever they had entered and um, she tried to talk her mom into oh let's just you and me go for a girls trip yeah mother daughter she says wanted to do something like 
for the sake of doing something, mm -hmm. not for the sake of getting something out of it. Yeah, building connections. Mm -hmm. And her mom just couldn't. No, she's like, why would that? we do? And, why and, would we do that? And they, they they cut to that same idea later, where they're scheming an elderly man on his deathbed. Yes. And all he wants to hear is this the sounds of family and life happening in his home before he dies so he can die, he can pass he wants to hear that those sounds, you know, the clinking of dishes, people talking people about their talking day people talking about their day, what um, they did the TV on, etc so the three of them, and, and they pick up this other woman along the way they're in there just making those sounds of life for him because they're waiting for him to die so they can Steal his, steal his checkbook, checkbook or whatever they can get his hands on. But old Dolio is... She's getting into it. She's like, my parents can be like this. Yeah, like, yeah. She's seeing a glimpse of the life she never had. So yeah. it comes back to that same thing later on, too. Um, and then again, it's lost on the parents again. Like they're, they're just doing a scheme and playing a part. So the other part of it is that they do pick up this woman along the way who's phenomenal. Played by Gina Rodriguez. I really like her role in this movie. At first, I couldn't, like, figure out what the purpose of her role was at all, really. Well, yeah. Well, the But I knew it was going to develop, and it does develop, but... Yeah, the parents um, latch on to her. Gina also, which they don't go super into it, but she also has issues with her mother. Yes. Um, we never see her mother, but her mother... She talks on the phone to her. Her mother FaceTimes her mm -hmm. continually. And then buys random things and sends them to her. Right. Um, and so Gina, this the the character's name is um, Melanie, yeah. I think. She is somewhat annoyed at her mother. Annoyed, and, and feels pestered, and and whatnot by her mom. Um, but she latches on to this family because it, she's intrigued by their schemes and their and it's their things exciting. and becomes a part of it. Yeah. It's, you know. Not some not normal. She's excited by it. So, and um, but and, and she's also the liberate the one that helps to start liberating Old Dolio and kind of show you know she's the outside influence, right? She yeah. starts showing her what tender feelings are, what it truly means to do something for somebody other than being motivated by some other factor. Well, she's also kind of the outside eye into their dynamic between the parents and the child that maybe they've not had before. That they, someone else to say like, do your parents really love you? Like, mm -hmm. they're using you. They're, you know, kind of pointing it out to her and um, being the outside eye to it. Yeah. And so all the stuff's in here. And all that starts, like I said, this is the film. I think I read, I always kind of look at, uh, I have an account on letterbox.com. I always look at, after we see it, like what people say about these films. And one particular review, which I thought was pretty spot on, said this is a film that gets better every scene. And I think that's true for this movie. It's a movie that every scene is better than the last. Mm -hmm. And every scene propels the story forward like it should, but opens up a depth into this film that wasn't there five minutes ago. So it is a movie that slowly worms its way into like a more deepful, thoughtful film. Yeah. Um, but and more, I, to be more interesting and deep. Yeah. But I do feel that sort of first 30, 45 minutes is, is, was a bit whatever for me but as it got better I, I liked it more and more um, I loved the I loved the character of Melanie because she questioned I mean she was like the she questioned the authenticity of the family and the, mm -hmm. I just like that and it's and she made um, old Dolio like, kind of look at her parents in a different way, which some people, you need that, you know? Like, well, that was, that, and that, I think that was the point of the film, too. There's some scenes in here that I think mirror experiences in life that uh, I think most people, it's one of those things. 
I saw this written as a review somewhere too. This is the type of film that no one can relate to, but yet everyone, has, everyone can relate to elements of this film. Like, I can definitely relate no, to this No, that's what I'm saying. You're no one, I think there's a few small percentage of people that can relate to this con artist, scheming, grifter type I, family. I can't relate to that aspect of but it. Can, but yeah. can most people relate to some sort of issues of... Dependency on your parents. On your parents, on, on your parents', parents dependency, dependency on, on you. you. Um, just relationships in general with people, letting that guard down. Um, having patience with someone in a relationship or getting to know someone. Trust. To understand like the baggage or just that kind of emotional baggage they bring with things, with, with issues. And yeah, and I thought at, at the end of the day, this film revealed itself to be a movie about understanding yourself and one's parents, right? Yeah. But understanding the ways people are mm-hmm. and that, that struggle between trying to change people Right, and into seeing you for who you are and what you really care about, versus your acceptance right. of them, of who they are, and who they are, and and whether or not they will accept you for who you are. And again, uh oh, that was Cruella. Yes, I know. <laughs> it's weird that we saw like these two very parallel movies yeah, yeah. on the same day, but didn't even realize they were going to be parallel. And. Um, it was awesome. A lot of mommy issues, a lot of parent issue movies, but I loved, loved, loved Kajillionaire. Like, so, yeah, I loved how it developed. I loved, I don't want to tell the I ending, know. but we I loved stopped, the... We stopped to get like a drink or water or something, pause the movie at home, and you're like, I'm loving this movie. I'm like, really? Yes. I loved it, and I loved how it ended. I loved how it developed. I loved everything about this movie. Wow! Oh, I was saying, as it's I said one earlier, one of my favorite movies I've seen. In a I long know you time. keep saying that's crazy. I do. Um, the only thing I was saying earlier about Odolio, the main character girl, is you do have again the more extreme eccentricness of it all. Because I feel it's distracting. You have to get past the fact of her extremely long hair that's always in her eyes you and face. You want to cut it off. You want to put it back. Her low, wanna... her super low voice. Her baggy tracksuit she wears. But what I love about the fact that she, they never changed that except for when they went to dinner. Yeah, there's a couple scenes night. they adjust it. I loved that because it made it so like in your face like it was annoying like her tracksuit was annoying you know she's like a beautiful girl underneath you know she's more than what she's presenting herself as but it like puts it in your face that this is like how she was raised this is who she is this is this is um how she's comfortable Mm -hmm. like this is not something you could just one day just it's Snap a person, yeah, and it's a person minus of any like identity, true identity, and she doesn't have her own identity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's all there. Like I said, all of it's there. But even I feel you could get, like I said earlier, you could get deep and thoughtful about the soap coming through the walls and winding down, and kind of what that means. Yeah. The soap bubble shop owner who's super emotional. Um, all of it. I think you could find. Everything was really well done in the movie, I feel like. Yeah. Just real thought out, symbolic. The, the ongoing you know. tremors and earthquakes yes. that are there. Um, there's all these little things that happen. So I'm super happy we saw Kajillionaire we, as well. I loved it. Did you like it? I liked it. I didn't you love it. it. I liked it. You didn't it. love it as much as I did. I didn't did. love it. Be only because I didn't enjoy the first half. I got I got you. I didn't think it was bad. I, I was did. just... I did. I enjoyed the first half. I thought the first five to eight minutes were a little like over the top quirky but then once I like fell into the character of Old Olio I, the quirky just didn't bother me no I'm not saying by the end I was really enjoying this thing yeah. and, and when I yeah I, I really liked it ha- but the second half a lot more so I would definitely recommend people see it absolutely definitely I would definitely go watch Kajillionaire um, Kajillionaire Kajillionaire I'd, I'd recommend sure. it. 
I'd recommend Cruella as well. I highly recommend it over a lot of other movies we've talked about. Go watch Kajillionaire. It will be a fun night for you. I would place it next to all the other movies we've recommended. Like, I wouldn't say, you know, like Killing of Two Lovers. See that oh, before yeah, you see no, Kajillionaire. No. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For but sure. it's way ahead of the ones that we were like, oh, Stowaway, I don't know, Woman in the Window. Stowaway, Woman in the Window. See Kajillionaire first. Yeah, of course. But see Killing of Two Lovers before. And we keep coming back to that one, too. All right, so let's wrap this up. This is okay. our issue. We got it's calmed it. down a little bit here in Troubled a Waters. A little bit. We're a little calmer here. You start podcasting. It's a fun place. And it clears the bar quick. Yeah, it does. I know. People get scared of the podcast, and they start, like, getting away from us. But so... Um, okay. Well, all right. who knows where we'll end up next. My Dr. Pepper is empty, but your mango habanero is still halfway Cheers. there. Cheers. Ready? It's a good sound. All right. All right. Until uh, next time we watch the movie. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.